0: Women who work on the water who like live on these boats and don't see another woman all summer and then get to like sit down with one is like that is like a gift that's already been happening. It has been happening for years and I'm just trying to create more spaces for that to happen.
1: I'm Tony and I'm Will. Welcome to another episode of Topophilia. Today we're bringing you another installment of our Wild Work series, which highlights individuals who, motivated by their connections to place, are devoting time and resources to create something amazing. This time, we're talking with Elma Burnham. Elma is a commercial fisherman, passionate seafood advocate, and community builder based in Bellingham, Washington, and Bristol Bay, Alaska. In late 2017, Elma began a movement called The Strength of the Tides is Hers Also, which seeks to support, celebrate, and empower women working on the water. It all started with the pledge, which challenged deckhands, captains, and others in the fishing industry to hold each other accountable in raising the bar for respect and affirmation of women who work in maritime industries. Strength of the Tides has since grown into a broad and deep community of maritime women via a weekly Instagram series featuring female role models in fishing and through in-person gatherings of women working in the industry. What follows is a fun, wide-ranging, and insightful conversation with a young and passionate community advocate. We hope you enjoy listening. So, Alma, um, it's really great to... Get you on the phone. Um, we are super excited to talk to you today because you're working on a really amazing project. What's what's the name of the project that you're working on?
0: Yeah, thank you for the compliment on the project and for having me. Uh, the name, in general, is called Strength of the Tides, but it's important to include that the full phrase is strength. The strength of the tides is hers also, and we are a community organization that works to support, celebrate, and empower women who work on the water
1: work on the water. Where do you mean? Yeah,
0: I am, it originally started focused a lot on the fishing community I'm a part of, which is in Bristol Bay, Alaska. Uh, but as the project grew and interest grew sort of outside of my own community, um, and folks I already knew, I realized that there were a lot of women sharing similar experiences like on the, anywhere, on the water um it is unique to live either on a boat or on like a isolated or rural coastline and do your work out there so um it's interesting like thinking about sense of place because it really is just uh the water is a very big place and a lot of people have different meanings for what that means for them um yet the shared experience is also very large um for sure Yeah.
1: Cool. So, so I think I I am from New England and I know a little, very little about what it's like to be on a commercial fishing boat. I'm wondering, it's, it seems like you have direct experience working in that environment. Is that right? Could you just like describe to me or anyone else who's like very, like very vaguely, like I watched Deadliest Catch once, but like, (laughs) I really don't think that's what you're talking about necessarily. Maybe it is like, what, what is that environment like?
0: I'm from New England also, actually, um, southeastern Connecticut. I grew up on, um, Long Island Sound, uh, off the coast on Fisher's Island. Um, so my first experience on the water was like probably something more recognizable, which is just like commuting by boat, um, on the coastline. Uh, but also my aunt and uncle are oyster farmers. So that was something that I like became familiar with pretty early on. Um, but anyway, what I do now is commercial fishing and, I'm going to try to describe it, but it's interesting because there are a lot of different ways and methods and gear types that people use. Um, But mine is gill netting. So we use 50 fathom plastic gill nets, which is like a diamond shaped web um, where I'm harvesting salmon, particularly sockeye salmon and the there's a line of corks at the top that float the top of the net and the bottom line has lead uh to weight it down and so it's stretched out in the water and the salmon are swimming upriver to spawn and we're catching them on their way and they it's a gill net because they get as they swim through the diamond they get stuck on their gill plates um and that's how we get them for me. And I'm a set netter. So that's even different than what some people are more familiar with. It's regular old gill netting. Um, But set netting is, we are always putting our nets on the tide line and moving them very frequently as the tide comes in and out. Um, So we're fishing the shallows and harvesting our fish onto little uh, like under 30 foot skiffs. Um, so I don't have a cabin. I don't live on the boat. I don't have a cabin on the boat. I don't live on the boat. Um, sometimes you're on there for at least what feels like days at a time, a very long time, but you bet, you know, when I take, when I go to sleep or rest, I go to the shore and I sleep in a cabin, um, in rural Alaska. Uh, but gill netting is a very like most popular, um, at least that's like the the gear type in Bristol Bay, Alaska. Um, and so a lot of people do it. So they have gill nets that stay on their boat and they have a big reel that reels them in and then they have a cabin and everything and sleep on it as well. So they're all sort of like secluded into one package deal with the boat and the net, whereas mine's a little bit more spread out.
1: Ah, awesome. Okay, cool. And so to sort of circle back to the Strength of the Tides project, the what are, who are the people who you're working with?
0: So yeah, my role at the fish camp I work at is I drive one of the skiffs. I'm a set, a set skiff skipper, you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am working for a captain uh, named Katie Bursch, who's been fishing in the Ugasia river for th- over 30 years. Okay. Um, and she owns the boats and the permits that I fish
1: Great. for her. And how yeah. many other people, like if you're having, you're doing your day's worth of work, How many other people are you interacting with, like, directly? Do you have other people on the boat with you? Like, who do you talk to during the day?
0: Yeah, most um, set net skiffs are run with, like, two to three people. Um, So on my little 26-foot skiff are (laughs) me and two other folks. Um, A lot of time to get to know each other. But I work with an operation of nine fishermen. So we sort of share time and space, and she has multiple we run multiple nets together. Um, and set netting is a little more unique cause there's a room a little bit more, um, time. There's like, you share more space set netting, um, and see if people a little bit more frequently, whereas like some of the bigger boats, um, are either have bigger crews or, um, but don't like interact with the other boats as often, uh, or are just, yeah, there's just a f- often a few more folks on bigger boats and different gear types. Awesome.
1: Okay, good. Yeah. Well, I sort of just wanted to set the stage here just to like get a sense for what it's like to go do this thing that honestly not very many people do, you know, that it's like yeah. a, it's a huge, it's a huge community of people who are largely, I think, distant from a lot of other people who <laughs> might, have, might have a chance to like know what it's like to actually work in that environment. So thanks yeah. for, for those details. Um, so I'm curious to, to hear from you. What? What parts of your experience or how long have you been working in the commercial fishing industry for?
0: Since 2010. 2010 so, yeah. yeah. I took a year off, but yeah.
1: Awesome. So, in in those years of your experience, what sort of was there a point at which you were like, "Man, I have to I have to take an action here to to sort of bring affirmation and respect to women in these in this context?" Like, what was there a point at which you said, "I'm living and working in this environment and it's really important to me." I need to take a step. Maybe it wasn't one moment, but was there a sort of a feeling you started getting that really brought you to what you're doing today?
0: Yeah, I would say that the catalyst was Trump's election. Mm -hmm. Um, I would not say that it was something that was like internal to the fishing industry that I was like, this is messed up about this and I need to change it tomorrow. It was more like, wow, the world is really messed up. Uh, How am I going to be effective in or can we or my community be effective in making any sort of difference about that and once Trump was elected there was so much I wanted to do I was like okay I and I mean this has been you know I've been trying to obviously hopefully affect good in the world in other ways before Trump was elected but when he was elected I was like damn I what is it that I can do and I didn't want to sort of um approach there were a lot of there's a lot of communities that are more in need or were more like directly affected by that political change in the U.S. but I didn't feel like I could come in with like my expertise and be like and apply it to another community so instead I was like my expertise happens to be in this sort of like unique niche thing you know I've been doing it for many years and hope to continue what can I bring to that that will hopefully improve the lives of some folks and like, you know, be in reaction to what what have sent me so much about Trump being elected and hopefully work towards some sort of improvement uh, following that. So that was the, you know, basically the one part of Strength of the Tides is this pledge that's sort of the solidarity and accountability part of the project. And I sent that out to a community of women that I've worked with on the water in the past, basically on November 10th or whatever that year. It was right. very soon after uh, the election that I was like, okay.
1: So can you describe, so the pledge was the first thing that I sort of really saw you guys, that's really what caught my eye, caught my mm-hmm. eye from what you guys were working on. Could you just describe what that was and and how that felt like a step for you.
0: Yeah. Um the well okay so the pledge is meant to be sort of the teeth of the project. Mm-hmm. Of course I think the Instagram and representation and the community we're building are very strong, but that's the pledge is sort of the root of where it started from. And, you know, I grew up um well, I guess it, that's just sort of the type of activism that I had been witness to was mm-hmm. like, OK, I'm going to make a commitment and I'm going to put my words to something um, and like sign petitions and like that kind of thing, as well as marching in the streets and being part of that. But in Alaska, the community is re- or in the fishing industry, the community is really spread out. So I was like, I'm not going to like you know, do a march for women, like by boat in the middle of the fishing season or something. So this pledge sort of felt like something that we could pass around and share. And what it asks for is full respect of women in the industry. Um, There's no, if you think about the way the industry is set up is that each boat is sort of an individual small business and there's no, you know, you have a captain and that's the leader that you have and there's no HR, there's no, um, like sort of, honestly, like lawful uh, policy that you have to, in that department that you have to follow in terms of like culture, community culture on the boat or in the fleet. So, or if there is, it's like, doesn't look like what I wanted it to look like. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So the pledge asks a new, you know, a certain amount of things, but mostly it's an anti-harassment policy. It's, um, you know, a reminder that if you decide to hire women that you'll invest in their uh, in their professional future that you will be clear about what the expectations are that you'll call out your other folks that you hire or work with who are using like harassing language. Um, I just realized recently that I should have memorized the pledge for by now, but it's actually kind of long. <laughs> I think there's like eight or 10 points that you're supposed to, that you know, you're signing on to just to say out loud that you're here to respect women. Yeah. Yeah,
1: we for sure are going to link to it. So those (laughs) of you who are listening can read it on your own. But yeah, so the 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 pledge is is a really amazing thing. And it's it's strongly worded. And it asks a lot. And I think it, it doesn't, you know, but it's not too much, right? It's like you it asks the basic dignity that you expect as a person in in any context. And it's focused on a group of people that have sort of in some sense, right, have been traditionally marginalized in this in this environment. And and so it really does feel, I mean, the things you were just saying, like you read it and you say like, Oh, well those are things that any human should expect. Right. It's not just like women are different in some way. I mean, of course, there are some things that are, that are worth considering that may be different, but they're basically, it's basic human dignity. And so it seems like you're sort of bringing just a realization that, Hey, maybe we haven't really been doing things in a way that we should be doing and we're going to get ourselves up to speed.
0: Yeah. And I think the other thing is that like a lot of folks are up to speed and I like to point that out. Like there are a lot of folks, you know, I learned to fish from a group of men that I really respect and admire and had, a you know, in general, pretty positive experience doing that. But it's also important to recognize that it shouldn't be something that is hard to say out loud. Like, let's just, if you are already up to the standard and like, you think you're reaching the bar and you're like hiring, you've decided to hire a woman and you treat her with respect and you, you know, don't use uh, language that we, that no one wants to hear and things like that. Like then say it out loud and be proud of that and be like, hell yeah. I, you know, I don't do these things. It's not meant to be this like, Hey, you did this this one time and you fucked up and never promise me that you'll never do it again. Right. I mean, that is one, one thing the pledge is used for, I think, which is great, mm-hmm. but it's also like, Hey, yeah, you're a good guy. Like tell someone about it right. and let people know and be proud of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so
1: great. That's awesome. And so <laughs> oh, that brings me to the next question, which is, yeah, what is, has what the response been like to, to the pledge and, and to the whole project? How have you been yeah. hearing? What have you been hearing?
0: Yeah, it's been positive overall, and that's mm-hmm. something that I'm excited about. I was kind of prepared to be like uh, trolled a little heavier, uh-huh. <laughs> um, and it's definitely happened. I mean, I'm not going to deny that. Um, and there's folks that are, you know, are a little bit shy. Sometimes I wonder if the fishing community was like more online that mm-hmm. I'd be trolled a lot harder. <laughs> um, but you know, for the most part, a lot of those fishing folks are like living a little more of a rural life and like could care less about Facebook. Um, but more so it's just like the, uh, the, the most positive response has been strong. And that's like really awesome that people are like, Oh my gosh, this means a lot. You know, I want to be part of this. What can I do? Or, um, this community has started to be built, which I wasn't really foreseeing when I first wrote the pledge, but now it feels like almost the heart of the project is just like getting women together. And that's something that, um, fellow women who work in the water have shared that they're very grateful for. Um, the other response is sort of just disinterest though. Mm. And that sort of, you know, it's like, it's not that someone's like, you know, fuck your pledge. Like, I don't want to do this, or I'm not interested, you know, I don't want to sign it. It's more like, oh, like good for you. And then like, they walk away, you know? And it's like, what if I'm tabling or something like that? And it's like, Hey man, like, do you own a boat? Like, or if I'm, you know, it's like the fall, I need to sort of follow up and be like, you should sign this. Like, it's important. It shows, you know, where your values are. And like, if you're looking to hire people in the future, like, don't you want to say that you, don't you want them to know that this is where you align? And like, you know, it, um, And some folks are just sort of like, all right, like, nice work, lady. Like, see ya. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it's just interesting when it becomes so, you know, your side hustle or your passion project or something. And for someone who shares enough that it applies to them to sort of be disinterested, I'm always sort of like, but why?
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it sounds like it sounds, though, that despite those sort of people who maybe can't give their attention it does sound like you guys have been really working toward a community and and that comes out i mean it sounds like you didn't quite expect that but but it's happening can you Mm -hmm. talk about like how that community has come together and, and what it looks like and how it how it manifests itself and who's in it
0: yeah um Well, I'm lucky enough to live in Bellingham, which is a fishing town. Um, And so a lot of the community building type events and stuff happen here because I'm sort of the, I guess I'm the one pushing the project forward. Mm -hmm. And so I'm the one like hosting events and stuff. So what we, or basically what happened is when I started to put the stuff online and then I put the pledge online in May of 2017 and then started the Instagram In July of 2017, which is the summer I didn't fish. So once it gets online, you know, I didn't really expect the like fall. I don't know. I didn't I didn't know. I had no idea what the following was going to be like online. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's definitely like Instagram is social media is such a strong tool that I basically it just like that's how people first became part of this community was like online. Um, And then I was sort of like, wait, that's only part of the point, you know, I want to also like get people together and have conversations and like, you know, take it away from captions and, um, like likes and stuff. So from that came, uh, there is a private Facebook group for women who work on the water and you're welcome, like women who work on the water are welcome to join that. And there's a little bit more conversation in there, but still I was like, it's face to face is, has been important to me. So here in Bellingham, um, we've done things like happy hour, um, just sort of like, Hey, let's all like sit down and have a beer. And like, I'm sure we can learn from each other. Uh, and then there's other sort of fishing events, that happen, uh, throughout the year in the off season, like fish expo, um, the fisher poets gathering in Astoria, Oregon. And I'm trying to make a point to sort of have a presence or at least like create a space, even if it's like, Hey, swing by, we're all gonna, we'll be eating lunch here. here um, you know, or we'll be, or some into Astoria, I hosted a workshop the past two years, but it's more just like, let's, and it's interesting because there's not, there doesn't need to be much structure. Like I'm not trying to be like, you know, sometimes I offer prompts and stuff, but a lot of the time it's like, it just is already out there. The community is there and women who work on the water, who like live on these boats and don't see another woman all summer, woman all summer, and then get to like sit down with one is like, that is like a gift that's already been happening. It has been happening for years. And I'm just trying to create more spaces for that to happen. And I you know, sort of was when I first started the project, I was like, am I just like recreating the wheel? Like there's already some of these Facebook pages. Um, but I sort of realized that I didn't, no one was like, there was something missing for me is that I growing up, like learning in this industry, um, I wasn't able to just like, sit down and have a beer with a bunch of people who women who worked on different crews and like hear how their experiences was. And that's sort of what I'm trying to build. And it's just more, it sounds sort of like this, like light, whatever thing, but I think the solidarity of it is really strong. And, um, I'm just really psyched that some women seem to have found a home or like a support in that community. And that's something I'm really proud of. I was not, I didn't know that's what was happening, Yeah. (laughs) but now it's sort of like underway and I'm like, Oh man, I better hang on to this project. I better totally. keep this
1: project moving. Well, yeah. that's that's great. I mean, I want to say that, you know, you say that this sounds like a light thing, but really I don't, I, I sort of disagree because it's hard work to build community. And, you know, it's hard work to be consistent and not to give up on it. And even when, you know, like you experience, like, oh, am I really doing anything? Like, does this already exist? Those kinds of thoughts can really can can stop really important progress. So so the fact that you are just continuing to be consistent is so important, I think. And
0: thank you. And I mean,
1: you know, clearly, clearly the other people, it sounds like who are who have benefited from that are also like, you know, it's it's a snowball effect, right? You you bring I'm sure you've seen I mean, you could tell me somebody says, hey, I'm going to this thing that I've been going to last couple of weeks. You want to come along, you know, bringing new people into the Mm -hmm. community. It just just grows by itself after a while.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's sort of what I mean, where it's like now it almost feels like out of my control, like right. it's like not in my which is great. That's like I wanted to survive and live on like without me. But it is pretty interesting that, um, you know, I like uh, and we sell these shirts and like now after certain events, there's like women wearing them that I've never met. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I was like, what? Like, <laughs> what? You know, what do like, the shirts say? they say the full phrase they say the strength of the tides is hers also and that's um, a poem right and well you know where i took it from tony tell me <laughs> <laughs> um at, i went to middlebury in vermont and at on the top of the hill mead chapel engraved in there is um, the strength of the hills is his also And I borrowed it (laughs) and reappropriated it, um, to be about the water and about women. Um, I think originally it's biblical. Um, and I sort of looked into it and then I like realized that it wasn't copyrighted and I was like, all right, (laughs) 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 I didn't. Uh, and then it didn't have like, yeah, I don't know. I got kind of bogged down in like finding out exactly where it came from. And I was like, it's already under it's already too late. Like I already printed
1: a shirt. I love it. Yeah. I love yeah. the history. Okay, so yeah, so so it sounds like you've I mean, you know, in this brief conversation, it sounds like you've found success in putting down putting words down on paper to really highlight the role of women in the commercial fishing industry. And, you know, have gotten some some really serious community buy-in, not only for the pledge, but also to from women who like are like, wow. I have a really shared experience from you, and we are now only just getting together. So those two things seem like a huge, huge success, and in such mm-hmm. a short period of time. I want to, I want to know what's what you're thinking about for the future. Like, what is what is next look like, or what is what does the future hold for Strength of the Tides?
0: Yeah, um, I think I need a five-year plan. <laughs> <laughs> Don't I currently I currently don't have one, mm-hmm. um, at least not for Strength of Tides, but it's sort of the topic of discussion now is like, should we build a non-profit and like become this sort of like institutionalized, systemized thing, or should we just like carry on as is and like let it grow and like stick to grassroots um, and be like a little bit more, you know, punk rock about it, actually? Mm-hmm. Um, Is one of the is like sort of the debate that I'm having and I'm just like have been spending a lot of time like hearing from women who are involved and um, men who are involved and, you know, folks who like work or live in those structures to be like, what's what do you think is the best situation or the best like forward step? So some of it is logistically like I'm like, okay, I need to figure this out a little bit and want it to be sustainable is the other thing where it's like that's like that's really where the incentive to like take a next step is is that I want it to be a sustainable thing and like live on if god forbid anything were to happen to me or anything like that you know um but in terms of other goals of the project like I really right now we have more than we have a thousand plus more Instagram followers than we have folks signed on to the pledge. Mm -hmm. And that's a disparity that I'm not really proud of. Like, I think I, you know, I want, I still want the pledge to be like the teeth of the project. Um, So I'm working on like different ways to get that word out a little bit more and be like, Hey, if you, like, can like this Instagram post, like, you should also sign the pledge. And and part of that is that there's the pledge is like very directly applied to people who work on the water. And I get that like, people's like, supporters follow the Instagram and don't feel like the pledges for them and that's understandable. But still, it's like, the fleet is big. And, and so I want that to be more of like a prominent feature is this the pledge. Um, and I I'm also, you know, I really feel like Strength of Tides, I'll be the first to, like, tell you about all the failures we're having. <laughs> um, I think that we're not doing um, enough for Native women um, and, you know, women of color, basically, who do the work uh, that we do. And part of that is just, like, you know, the communities that I live in, there are fewer of them, um, but not necessarily the communities I work in. So mm-hmm. I just need to do a better job of making those connections. Um and, you know, building a, building relationships and so that uh, folks feel comfortable sharing their stories and being featured and things like that. Because that's, like, set netting especially is, like, um, was originally a women's fishery. Uh, like, the men would go out in the big boats and the women would fish from shore. And mm. there's just, like, a lot of history there that I would like to pr- do a better job of presenting. Because we Because all of a sudden we have a platform and that's, like an important part um, for me. So that's another one of the goals um, of which there are many. Mm-hmm. Good to hear. <laughs> but yeah, the pro- I mean, we'll see. And I'm sort of, you know, it's exciting because the whole time I've sort of let it, like I've been directing it, but I've been letting it grow where feels natural and that will keep changing. And I'm hoping that I can like remain nimble in that moving forward. Great.
1: Well, that's, uh, those are, those are lofty and noble. I feel, I hope that, that you know, at least a portion of them are tractable, because it seems like any any one of those goals would be a really great thing to have accomplished. So I, good good luck. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> okay. um, so for for the folks who are sort of listening and getting fired up after having heard you describe the work that you're doing, would you have would you give any words of advice to someone who is like really listening to you talking about strength of the tides and being like, I've got a community. I've got a place that has a need. How do I take the first step? What would you say to those people?
0: Ooh, um, I just think that, I mean, I'm, mm, I'm all about community. And I think that as you sort of said and encouraged, as I was like speaking about the doubts, just keep listening to the folks that are telling you not to doubt yourself. And they, will come if you're building community, if you're building any sort of project, like, you know, if it's not every single person, it'll be one in some that say, hey, thank you so much. Like, you're doing great. And I always am, like, it's almost like we accept that so often in, like, denial. Like, we're already, like, set up not to receive it and, like, hear it. And I just wouldn't, women especially, like, that's just something that we're not used to, like, taking the compliment and then... um running with that energy. And I would just say that, um, keep listening to those people that are cheering you on and let them fuel and like put gas in the tank and like, just let those things speak for your project because, um, it's too easy to let the self doubt just be like, Oh, I don't know. I'm going to put it, lay it down for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. And then I would just say that for like, you know, for, people who are looking for that community is to really just ask for it. Like, I think the, if you, or build it yourself, like if you realize that it means something to you to like share space with someone, whether that be like a conversation or, um, you know, you're whatever reading the same material or like interacting with the same news or whatever, it's like, just um, feel free to like ask for someone's time. And I think like, we are so conscious of, like, everyone being so busy and, like, the hustle. But um, I would just encourage that, like, if you're looking to build community, just asking for people's time,
1: you'll get
0: you'll get a lot. It'll be worth it. You'll get a lot out of it.
1: Awesome. That's great advice. Um, do you want to say anything? Is there anything I didn't ask you about that you would have liked to have shared?
0: Mm. Um, no, I mean, I'll just say like the, you know, the pitch is that if you're a woman who works on the water, like we're always, always looking for people and to feature and stories to tell. Uh, and we do that every week via Instagram and that if you want to come to an event in the Northwest, you're always welcome. And there's like, is, you know, we're trying to build the online community as well. So if you don't live in the area, like join us online and sign the pledge and if you're a captain or, uh, you know, what, like naming yourself as an ally in some department, it's also encouraged that you sign the pledge and hold whoever you employ to that accountability as well. So that's the ask of which is <laughs> kind of a lot of things, but it's also not as hard as you might think.
1: So yeah. good. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Alma. Uh, really appreciate you spending the time. We're really grateful for your story and your work.
0: Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for
1: having me. It's exciting. Just, thanks. Wow, that was a super encouraging story to hear about how Elma's project has spread uh, throughout the community beyond people she even knows. And if you're interested in learning more about Elma's project, you can follow Strength the Tides on Instagram to see their weekly stories. You can also find the link to the pledge on our website, plus some cool photos of Elma and her element. Stay tuned for the next installment of Wild Work, And if you all know someone who's working on a cool project, we'd love to hear from you.